Hello, and thank you for listening to this edition of our EPS Real Solutions podcast series. I'm Lisa Baer, and we hope that this podcast will give you, our listeners, an opportunity to dig a bit deeper into topical employment law and human resources subjects and hear directly from the writers, our EPS attorney consultants and staff. Today, we're going to dive deeply into the increasingly complex issue of confidentiality and its necessity in employee complaint investigations. The article that we will link to on our website was written by our Chicago-based EPS senior consultant, Carrie O'Gara. Carrie is one of EPS' most prolific investigators and has been in almost every type of investigation circumstance that you can imagine. Carrie is an employment law attorney and has been with EPS for more than five years. Prior to joining us, Carrie practiced employment and general corporate law, representing and advising clients on a variety of human resources issues. She litigated a broad range of employment matters before federal, state, and administrative agencies. Carrie has authored articles and presented at conferences on the issue of equal pay and the Lilly Ledbetter Act, and has provided training on a wide range of employment practices topics. Carrie's a Chicago native, and she earned a bachelor's degree in economics from the University of Illinois and received her law degree from Chicago's Kent College of Law. Welcome, Carrie. We're so happy to have you today. Carrie, as I read your article, I couldn't help but think, whoa, as an employer, when the need for an investigation comes up, I'm already in the mode of responding quickly, I'm putting my plan together, I'm moving the process forward as quickly as possible. I thought that confidentiality requirements were straightforward, that you required confidentiality, period. Now I have to make a separate decision about that as well. Help me understand why determining if an investigation requires confidentiality is now a factor at all. Sure. The reason why that's now a factor, Lisa, is because the NLRB has said it is. It used to be that employers could request confidentiality in all cases, Uh, based solely on protecting the integrity of the investigation. And those were the buzzwords. But um, what I discussed in my article is that in light of the Hyundai and Banner decisions in 2011 and 12, the NLRB has ruled that these grounds were simply too general to warrant a confidentiality instruction as a matter of course in each investigation. So what we want to do is take a look at the Um, employers and the investigators' uh, interests that need to be balanced here. The first is the employer's duty to conduct an investigation while protecting witnesses against retaliation. And then the other interest is, which is equally important, is the employee's right uh, to discuss the terms and conditions of their employment, which they have under Section 7 of the NLRA. And those terms and conditions will inevitably include discussing an ongoing investigation. So the big takeaway from these cases is that the burden has now shifted to the employer to show that confidentiality is truly necessary in each case. And the NLRB has articulated um, what these factors are that would support a confidentiality instructions. And those are that the witnesses need protection, that there's a fear of evidence being destroyed, or there's a fear of a cover-up. 
So those are the three key factors. So now the employer's decision about confidentiality will rest on the particular facts of each case, Carrie, and really dovetailing into those factors that you just mentioned. So as an employer, do I need to make that decision about confidentiality prior to the start of the investigation? Can you give us a little guidance on how that decision-making process happens in terms of timing? Well, ideally, you would make that decision uh, prior to the investigation. So what I do now is add that determination to my pre-interview checklist. So before I meet with witnesses, I'll go ahead and review the complaint closely, and I'll actually look for certain facts. And if these facts aren't in the complaint, I'll then be sure to ask the employee at the company who conducted the intake um, certain questions to see if confidentiality would be truly necessary in this case. So, for example, I'd ask if any employee has shared concerns about safety or retaliation or about someone deleting emails, texts, or computer files, or if, let's say, employees have discussed uh, that they should get their story straight, or if there's been any talk about someone feeling set up. Because if any of these concerns have been voiced, then um, I've met my burden of proof. So I'll go ahead and document those facts, and I'm going to feel more comfortable uh, giving a confidentiality instruction. And in that instruction, I will ask employees to not share with others anything we discuss in their interview so that they would not influence the outcome of the investigation or so that someone who has already expressed a concern about retaliation will not be treated differently. That is very clear. Um, let's say, though, that the investigation is underway, and like most investigations, they move pretty quickly. What if in the course of the investigation, let's say you've made the, 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 the determination that confidentiality is not required, what if facts emerge in the course of that investigation that kind of change that initial determination that you made in good faith in your pre-investigation work and preparing for the investigation to unfold? What if the facts determine a different scenario in terms of, of confidentiality, bottom line? Well, that can happen. And if it does, once I realize that a confidentiality instruction is appropriate, then I'll go ahead and give that instruction to the remaining witnesses. But the key here is I'll be sure to document why I'm now giving the confidentiality instruction to these witnesses and exactly when those new facts were relayed to me. Um, I want to be clear in my notes why I'm treating witnesses differently since part of a sound investigation is, in fact, treating witnesses the same. So there's really a fine line here in not infringing on the employee's Section 7 rights and protecting the investigation. And so best practices really is to document why I changed my protocol during the investigation. Got it. So a skilled investigator has to stay in tune with those kinds of issues all along the process and document, document, document. I want to dig just a little bit deeper, Carrie, since most of us uh, are accustomed to requiring confidentiality sort of as a matter of course, can you give us another example perhaps of when confidentiality would not be required that would seem to be the more unusual choice given most employers' practices? And I'd just like to have a little bit better understanding of that. Sure. Um, you're right that 
finding that confidentiality is not warranted is probably the exception to the rule. Here's a classic example when you would not give uh, a confidentiality instruction. An employee complains she did not receive an advancement opportunity because she accused a former manager of, let's say, sexual harassment. And that manager is now gone from the company for other reasons, uh, but this employee's complaint still needs to be investigated. Uh, let's also say that no one has expressed a safety concern about personal threats or threats to company property. I don't think I could meet my burden of showing that confidentiality is truly necessary here because I don't have facts that show that witnesses need protection or there's a fear of evidence being destroyed. By contrast, let's say that the manager is still on site and the complaining employee tells me that her car uh, was keyed and she tells me that she has heard someone else make threatening statements about her. Well, in that case, I have met my burden to show that confidentiality is truly necessary in this particular investigation. And so what's changed here is that I, as the investigator or as the employer, have to prove that I need confidentiality before I simply ask for it. Got it. That's, that's a clear sort of distinction. So one of the tricky parts, I think, of being an investigator, Carrie, is how you communicate with witnesses and the accused. And so communicating the message that this is not a confidential investigation to those involved is uh, probably a delicate thing to do. Can you give us some suggestions about how to communicate the message that this is not a confidentiality, a confidential investigation matter? Well, that is tricky because as an investigator, I certainly don't want to say, hey, witnesses, you know, feel free to chat about this with your coworkers because, again, I have a duty to protect complaining employees from retaliation. So if I can't justify giving a confidentiality instruction, I'm still going to say to the witnesses, um, I do ask that you not share our conversation with others in a manner that would unfairly influence what they might want to tell me on their own. And then I'll add uh, something to the effect of, of course, you can always talk to human resources or your manager about the terms and conditions of your employment, and your participation in this investigation would never affect that. Understood. So given that uh, communication that you're going to give to witnesses and the accuser and the accused, how then, as an employer, an HR professional, can I still protect the employees that are involved from retaliation, which is a big issue, and even the more subtle but still potentially damaging effects of an investigation like gossip or speculation around the water cooler? Well, I'm going to give this instruction twice. I'm going to give it right up front and clearly state that I'm asking that they keep this conversation between the two of us. And I'm going to lay out specifically what that means because sometimes employees aren't exactly sure who they can speak to. And so I'll say, I'm asking that you not discuss this conversation with your manager, with your coworkers, with your carpool riders, or even former employees. Then at the end of the interview, I'll remind them again of the confidentiality instruction. And I'll let them know that I'm going to make that request of everyone who meets with me so that really no one should be discussing the investigation outside of that room. And if I feel that needs 
I guess, a little more clarification, I might explain to them um, the rationale behind it, which is because if this investigation was about your behaviors or someone was saying you did something that was in violation of company policy, you wouldn't want others discussing it. And I have to say that this kind of appeals to their basic sense of fairness, and usually the employee will give a nod or they'll give some form of affirmation where I can see that they understand, okay, this is a fair request. And whether they keep the conversation confidential is really unknown, Um, but as an investigator, I've done what I can do to protect the integrity of the investigation and its participants without overreaching and infringing on employees' rights to discuss the terms and conditions of their employment, which was really the focus of these recent NLRB decisions. That's great. I think these rulings can make an already tricky employee complaint investigation process even more challenging. Thanks so much, Carrie, and thank you to our listeners for joining us today. You can find a link to the full article, learn more about Carrie, EPS services, and listen to additional Real Solutions podcasts at our website, epspros.com. That's E-P-S-P-R-O-S.com. And you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. We'd love to hear your feedback and better understand the employment practices challenges you face as an HR professional, legal professional, or an employer. We hope you'll join us on upcoming podcasts. Thanks again.